Welcome to the NBA Jam Podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the NBA Jam. This is your host and founder, Avinash. Today we're speaking to Jeremy Glossenberg. Jeremy is essentially a product manager by heart. Uh, he's an experienced product leader with nine plus years um, with a proven track record of growing and helping monetize startups. Uh, he's managed and expanded developer platforms to tens and thousands of developers. He established some key components on the parts to monetization for these startups as well. He manages and grows developer communities, partner relationships, and customer relationships. Um, and he also helps startups build their MVPs and prepare their initial launches. Jeremy has done his bachelor's in computer science from University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And he's done his MBA from Carnegie Mellon. That's why we are talking to him today. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's uh, good to be here. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on to this. So, Jeremy, of course, you know, I, I gave a very, very, very brief introduction about who you are. How would you like to describe, um, you know, what you do? Uh, maybe do you want to begin with how your journey began? How did you transition through different phases of your career? Uh, sure. And, you know, at the highest level, I, I am a product person. Uh, I have a lot of experience in startups, especially B2B startups. And I, I have a particular specialty uh, slash crazy obsession with uh, APIs, uh, integrations. I love building developer-facing tools and providing services that enable companies to integrate, to, to work and, and connect with, uh, with other other. Uh, other tech companies. Uh, how I got into all this? Well, you know, at, at a very early age, I got in deeply into math, and so it was just on my way into engineering one way or another and just building things. So I got very much on the technical side of things as computers became more and more popular, more and more prevalent. So early, early in high school, when I was around 14, I started getting into computer programming myself and was very much on track to just get into the software space. Uh, back in high school, I, I was getting ideas of uh, tech startups, uh, web services to actually to actually create. This was in, in the late 90s, right before, you know, dot com, right as dot com bubble was going on, right before it burst. Uh, I'm not going to get into you know, why I didn't start my own company in uh, in high school, but uh, they probably would have tanked with the rest of the with the rest <laughs> of the business back then. But I got just deeply immersed in into programming. I just I love mm. the math behind it. Uh, prior to that, uh, I, I was definitely an oddball. And when I was 11 or 12 years old, I started actually reading finance books and just getting into business. And so I had figured out in high school that I would want to one way or another probably start a software company. Or at the very least, just combine the, the math and the tech savviness, and just getting into understanding software, but also keeping up on the business side of things and one way or another going, going there. So in high school, I think even before high school, I was actually thinking about getting an MBA, even when I didn't really know that much about what the MBA would entail. Uh, over time, I felt a better sense of where I was going and the MBA continued to, to make sense. So, yeah, I, 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 sorry, sorry to interrupt. I have a question at this moment because it, it reminded me of, you know, uh, a little bit of myself. So, so I'm also essentially a product person, but I think it's very different, right? And 
it's very interesting to hear what you're saying. So you were interested in math and, and engineering and computer science kind of connected. And then the obvious connection uh, is that math and finance, and that's how it came about the whole aspect of business. I think in my case, um, it was that I also started off the engineering, but I was so bad. I was a terrible engineer <laughs> that uh, for me, business was a route um, that I found a lot more interest in. So what I was interested to to know more about is how did you, at, at what point did you manage to find this transition or, or overlap between um, engineering and, and business? Because you sound a lot more um, of an engineer than I ever was. And isn't <laughs> one of the, isn't one of the core, um, you know, motivations for some of the engineers is to kind of uh, revolt against business in a traditional sense, especially back in those days? <laughs> uh, there, there, there was always that mentality when you get deep into engineering that we, we often look down on business. Mm. Uh, I, I did see that back in the day. It, it actually depended on on the culture. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you want to go there, but you know, I used to see differences in the business styles of tech companies between, mm. say, U.S. companies and uh, Israeli companies. Israeli companies, uh, well, back then, Israeli companies were consistently getting acquired. You didn't see them making it to a billion dollars, and it was for a few reasons. One was the mentality to just sell when you can, um, but also it, it was more engineering focused. They they really didn't like marketing. They didn't they looked down on MBAs. Mm. Um, but things have really evolved a, a lot. I've got to watch things evolve since high school, college, through my MBA, and, and through my my near decade out in Silicon Valley. Uh, but what I did also notice, you know, from uh, from transitioning between engineering into business school, is you know there is there is a different mindset. Uh, when you are in engineering school, you know, you're taught to think like an engineer. And it's a very, very different mindset when you're going into business school. Hmm. Um, you know, in, in my case, I did actually go straight from uh, studying computer science in Illinois, going straight for the MBA. I just had a summer internship at Salesforce in between. So it was a very interesting shift. Um, you know, also just dealing with the... Uh, I call it the, the, the time zone changes where, you know, in, in undergraduate engineering, classes don't start before 11 a.m. And uh, suddenly in business school, we're, we're all going to, to, to class at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there was this difference in, you know, just wanting to build cool things and instead developing this sense of, you know, on one side of the business, just, you know, how do you make money? You know, what is in the interest of the company? What can the company actually feasibly do that will sell? Uh, but also, as you get more experience in product management in particular, the whole aspect of customer empathy, uh, which, you know, when I've trained people to become product managers, regardless of whether they have an MBA or just an engineering degree, um, the engineers very often need to get out of a certain kind of mindset that, you know, you're not just building what you think should be built based on your experience. You have to develop that customer sense. And I think from product, many see product management as a combination of engineering, having a good technical understanding, while also that business sense to build the right things. But the key addition that we've developed over time, uh, and we've learned to have more and more of a, of a, of a, 
uh, an, an emphasis mm. is the the customer empathy part that a successful business out here starts by really providing a solution to your customers, really understanding the pains that your customers have so that you can be the best solution for them. Yeah, absolutely. No, I absolutely agree with you. But but a learning like that actually comes over time, right? So you did your uh, computer science engineering and you actually followed up with an MBA rather quite quickly. So that means you must have had this kind of a learning very early on uh, as, as compared to someone like me who actually got this learning much later uh, after after struggling through times when I wasn't <laughs> extremely happy. So what contributed towards this, you know, pace of learning for you? Was it, was it your internships at uh, Microsoft and Salesforce? Um, uh, were, the, were those those companies that helped you um, get that kind of learning? Was it interacting with uh, people who were able to, uh, you know, pass on these learnings to you? I'm really curious to find out how did you get this so early on? So I, I'm definitely a type A who you know, people <laughs> would be impressed at you know, what I could do when I was very young. Um, but the reality was when I came out of the MBA, I actually had uh, maturity issues and there was a lot I needed to learn on the job. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always emphasize well, like the MBA has a lot of value. You have to go in with the right, the right psychology, the right mindset. Uh, one, one book I found that was just very helpful is, uh, is Growth Mindset. Uh, this, this I find for everyone, but especially for product managers. Uh, you know, now when I'm hiring product managers and I'm training product managers uh, on the side, I'm doing a lot of consulting in, in different styles of consulting. What I've done on the side is actually help product school. Uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of experience lately, not just being a PM, but managing PMs and training others to become product managers. Uh, so I'm actually been teaching uh, through product school classes to guide new PMs do a good job or just want to transition in. And I always emphasize the growth mindset is just mm-hmm. vital. Number one trait being a good product manager today is your ability to learn fast. And you can learn how to how to learn faster. Uh, you know, I did see it on the job. There are a lot of differences between what you learn in, acad- in academia uh, and what you really learn on the job. It becomes very different mindset. And when I first hit the job, uh, looking back, there are certain things that I should have learned faster in my career, and I caught those mistakes later than I should have. But with the right mindset now, it's not only I'm making less mistakes and learning, and I'm learning faster and faster to grow here. Yeah, I see. Is that, is that growth mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck? Am I looking at the right book? I think that's the one. Yeah. Cool. No, that's 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 really good to know. Cool. So great. Um, so you did your bachelor's in computer science, and then you actually started off the MBA at Carnegie Mellon. Um, what was your thought process in terms of first of all? Um, uh, I think you briefly touched upon why MBA. I interrupted you very rudely. <laughs> so why MBA in comparison to you know any other master's degree? Maybe master's in some business or master's in marketing. I don't know or or maybe some other masters. What about the MBA specifically got you attracted? Uh, yes. Well, part of it is that you know I had been thinking about an MBA for for a while since at least high school, possibly junior high. I was still getting a sense of what it was, what it would mean, where exactly I would want to go. Um, 
And I did know that, you know, would also probably want to get some work experience before going for the MBA. So that's an open question. Do I really need the MBA? Should I go into tech and software engineer and get the MBA and maybe start a company? Or should I just go and start a company? Um, what happened is in college, I finally was developing a better sense of where to take the career after knowing to, to go into computer science. Uh, I did have, I had an internship at uh, Microsoft, which went very well. And that's where I really got to learn about product management when I saw the software engineering interns, the product manager interns over at Microsoft. And that's where I saw this opportunity to, you know, do you really want to start a company or do you just want to be in this right position to figure out what to build? And so product management seemed to be that path for entrepreneurs who didn't want to deal with certain aspects of actually having to run a startup as opposed to just getting to be in the right place to build things. Uh, while there, uh, I happened to talk with, I think it was, it was one of the recruiters who had helped me out who was going for an MBA. And I was basically advised, you know, take a long shot rather than work for a few years. Microsoft was interested in bringing me back. And so, well, rather than work for a few years uh, and then you know, leave for two years for an MBA, take a long shot, see if you can get into somewhere now because you've been planning on going for an MBA for a while. Let's see if you can just go straight in and then, you know, go into tech as, as a product manager afterwards. Uh, so I took a long shot. And yes, CMU, usually the schools are willing to take, you know, a small handful of people without work experience. They demonstrate the right skills. I've done that in a business minor while in undergrad. Um, and so I demonstrate certain product skills and business skills uh, beyond just being a software engineer. I still got rejected by plenty of schools, but uh, <laughs> struck it right with with Carnegie Mellon, and yeah, made my way made my way over there with the plan of basically going into product management. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, actually, you 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 touched upon this topic. I was going to ask you the same question: Which are the other universities you applied to? It's it's been a while, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember now. Uh, there were certain schools that I just didn't even bother applying to. Uh, I think Northwestern and so Kellogg and mm. Kellogg rejected me. Um, I think I got waitlisted somewhere as well. I, I am losing track. I, I do just remember <laughs> getting a lot of rejections. Stanford, U Chicago, Harvard, uh, Michigan were all on my list of interests. I can't remember exactly since it's been a while to which ones I applied and got rejection re- rejected, and to which ones I decided not to even not to even try for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what were your criteria uh, points when you were looking for universities? Uh, was it location? Was it um, the alumni? Was it the exact courses? What 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 were you some of your criteria points? So uh, I was primarily just looking at the rates, uh, the rankings, and then you know, also wanted to focus on you know, which ones had certain specialties. So. Uh, you know, CMU was very good for operations, very good for um, for finance. Uh, they weren't as branded actually for product, but if you could actually dive into details to what they were providing, it actually was going to fit very well for those who wanted to go into product management in, in the tech scene. It was kind of starting there actually. Uh, there were a few people made into product uh, for me, and then over time, soon you got a better, better base in, in Silicon Valley. Um, I did, you know, make a decision. You know, there are a lot of people who said you know you have to be at you know in a top five or top ten school. 
uh, when I looked at the ratings at that time between like 2003 and 2006, uh, there were four different primary uh, ranking programs for the business schools. Uh, no school was in the top five across all four of them. And very few of the schools were actually holding a top five ranking uh, three years in a row at any of them. They were bouncing around all over the place between you know number two, number three, and then you know number 15 or 16 in other rankings. So I developed you know, a sense of what would really be like the top 20 programs narrowed it down to the ones that I thought would be a better fit for those who were going into product and tech, want to combine engineering mm. with that with business. Uh, I do have to say in retrospect, you know, I did understand like I, there was there was a lot of luck involved in my career in going into business school and still coming out with a good career because there was a lot going in that I didn't really understand about regarding opportunities in uh, that they can come from from an MBA. Since I was so young going into it, and you know, looking back, and I got some work experience. I definitely would have had a better sense of what I what I was getting into. But by having at least a heavy, heavy targeted focus on wanting to be a product manager, uh, it, it worked out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, that's that's absolutely right. So, you know, obviously, this 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 is a long time ago. And Carnegie Mellon is an amazing university. Um, so first of all, congratulations uh, for getting in. What what made your application stand out? Because on paper you was you were you were very young. You had just finished uh, your undergraduate. On the other hand, those who apply for MBA sometimes have a lot of experience before they come in. So they've had the opportunity to build a portfolio of experience. Uh, as a matter of fact. But you did not have that time. So what do you think made your application stand out? Yeah, so, you know, I did find depending on the year, certain schools are more um, open to taking people straight out of undergrad. They like to diversify. Mm. Uh, I actually found out there was one school that I didn't bother to apply to that I found out that year they actually took quite a few people from uh, straight out of undergrad. So the time, I had a little bit of regret, but I really do think that Carnegie Mellon was just the perfect fit for me. Uh, culturally, in terms of what they were teaching, what they were doing to you know, direct people to, to get into get into tech. Um, but going back to you know what what stood out, um, so I, I did have exceptional work experience for my age at that point. Uh, you know. Illinois, I was lucky enough to be in-state to be able to go to top three computer science school and in-state tuition, uh, but basically I was going to get a top computer science degree. I was getting these exceptional minors, you know, the minor in business, uh, the also an international studies minor. Uh, I had very good internships. I'd done, you know, gotten to work at, uh, at Microsoft uh, at the time that I had applied to Carnegie Mellon. I already had an internship uh, basically in discussion with Salesforce.com. Uh, and part of that, I'd done some university research, including uh, the Technion in Israel, which just seemed unique. So I had this international experience. I clearly had this business background from since I was young and had a computer science degree, which was very much of interest to, to Carnegie Mellon. Uh, some of it also was just mindset. You know, I knew that this was going to be a long shot. So you know, I had to demonstrate a lot of humbleness and be down to earth. And I always saw Carnegie Mellon as like having the lowest ego emissions for any of the top business schools. Uh, I, I do warn product managers or those trying to transition a product who had the MBAs. Uh, you know, Silicon Valley has mixed opinions about uh, about MBAs. 
And part of it is that, and especially for product managers, you know, going back to, to customer empathy, uh, customer empathy is, you know, it's, you know, it, it lines up very well with being generally high in empathy. And there is a stereotype for MBAs. Uh, unfortunately, there are some statistics around us as well that, yes, MBAs can be more likely to be narcissistic. It doesn't mean we're narcissistic we're going for business school. But uh, I did like for Cranium Mill and I wanted to emphasize that I'm my, my humbleness. And out in Silicon Valley, it is something that you have to emphasize if you're going for the MBA, that you're going for the MBA for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I have I have so many questions around that uh, because because I've had so many guests on the show and and some of them have actually been product managers and some of them actually work in Silicon Valley or or work around it. And you're so right uh, that there have been some uh, media articles as well talking about um, you know the MBAs and and how it's perceived uh, in Silicon Valley. Hopefully, hopefully it's changing. Um, you know, based on the fact that now I think when MBAs actually start uh, the MBA they have a lot more awareness about the space and the industry and the opportunities that comes with the startups and early stage companies that I think there's a lot of conditioning that's going on within the universities as well uh, to try and set expectations right but you're right that there, there must be a period of struggle that you must have gone through in terms of uh, you know changing the perception or fighting against the perception <laughs> There was a lot going on back then, both as an MBA and you know, the whole field of product management, people were still figuring out what exactly it was. Uh, what I saw for business school, you know, I graduated in 2008, uh, right as the recession was hitting. And a lot of that put, you know, a lot of questions around MBAs in general and, you know, our level of accountability mm. in, uh, in what happened back in 2008. Um, you know, I still remember back then, um, and we can probably get into the story of, the, of my, my transition from having an MBA without any work experience, I mean, was getting into the working world, which was which was fun. But what I did see during over the last decade is during that time, business schools had really um, they had to really reevaluate their curriculum, who they were looking to bring in, what they wanted to teach, how to position the MBA and generate value. Uh, you know, at the same time, Silicon Valley puts questions around university degrees in general. Uh, for product management, you know, I have seen uh, a sentiment that the MBA is, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's certainly not necessary. Uh, there's been a lot of diversity now in, in product management, but I do still say the MBA is is helpful to have to, be, to become a product manager. Absolutely, absolutely, completely agreed. We'll definitely come to that. <laughs> There's one question um, I had is, um, yeah, so you, you started off the MBA. Um, now, in just to give you a comparison in my case i had three years of experience before i did my mba and looking back now i feel i should have held it out i should have waited for some time before i did the mba um, because i at least maybe the grass is always greener on the other side right maybe i feel that if i would have waited i would have gained a lot more because i would have come in with uh, some more knowledge uh, and and then i could have just capitalized on it uh, instead of coming in and then actually being blown away by what I'm learning. What, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, looking back, do you think you should have waited or do you still think um, that this is what you would do again? So I tell most people who ask me about the value of an MBA, 
that they should get work experience before going for an MBA and also then evaluate whether they really want an MBA. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having said that, I'm very glad that I got the MBA and I think it was best for me to actually do it straight out of college. It had its disadvantages. I I do agree. There's a lot that looking back, I could learn more differently uh, had I gone in there with, uh, with the work experience. Uh, but when I look at the MBA combined with the path that I took, um, I think it still was best that in my case to have gotten the MBA just back then rather than work for two years and then leave for two years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the other question which I usually ask the guests is, uh, in, in your case, I think I've already received the answer. So uh, what I usually ask is, what um, did you have in mind once you went into the MBA in terms of career options? Um, so in your case, uh, you obviously wanted to get into product management. So uh, that was something that was already established in your mind even before you got in. Is there something during the MBA that helped you validate that, yes, you were on the right track? Is there something that made you question whether, should I really go into product management? Or, you know, is there anything else that interests me as I'm doing it? Like, how much of it did you go with an open mind versus how much of it did you actually go, like, you know, all all attacked saying, yes, this I, I, I need to take these courses that will help me get better at product management? Uh, yeah, so... You know, I think the whole time I was in business school, I was convinced that product management was the right path for me. I did see other opportunities, and I had considered uh, strategy consulting as well while, while in business school. So I did learn a lot there that I think was, was just as relevant to, to becoming a product manager. Uh, the biggest question I was having as I got into business school uh, was really whether I should have gone in without the work experience. Because, you know, when I was... Finishing college, I had this, uh, you know, I had this, you know, uh, internship for Microsoft, and it's 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 a lot easier to get a job as a software engineer than as a product manager, uh, even even back then. But especially, you know, if you're coming out without work experience. So I had that internship at Salesforce, uh, which was just a great experience. I helped Salesforce to recruit others afterwards. The company, you know, company about over a thousand employees, I think, when I interned there, and they were just continuing to really crazy. The internship was great. I had recommendations, but I was warned when I went to business school. Um, at the time that I had, by the way, that I had applied to, to Salesforce, I was looking more into master's in computer science uh, as uh, in between the, the internship. Then I had unexpectedly gotten into business school. Salesforce said, you should still you know, come in for the internship. But then they told me afterwards, as much as they liked me as the intern, uh, they said, you know, for product managers, we need MBAs with more work experience. <laughs> so even Salesforce had demonstrated immediately that, you know, what was originally going to be very easy for me to do to get a job uh, as a software engineer, this was going to be much, much harder going in for business school without without work experience. And I saw it in, in those in interviews. I was... I could tell that I was demonstrating um, a lack, a lack of work experience, and it was very difficult to to get to get that first job during that time. Um, so I did ask questions. I was questioning myself as I kept getting rejection after rejection, and thinking, "Gee, like, was this just a huge mistake to, <laughs> to go straight for for product to go straight for the NDA for product management?" 
Um, but it took it just took a lot of hustling and looking back it was also very educational. Uh, one other thing that I loved about Carnegie Mellon, uh, you know, if people know Harvard MBA and Chicago MBA for in addition to having great education, they have a network. Uh, you, know, you can very easily find other people from other Harvard grads in certain large companies. They'll, they'll get you in. Uh, Carnegie Mellon was really was the smallest, um, or at least was one of the smallest of, of the top programs. And so they had a network, but it wasn't as big a network. So they really taught me. And it wasn't just the professors. It was actually like the, the career department. I'm still in touch with those guys after a decade helping them out gratitude uh they they really taught me how to earn my money. Um, and it was it was through karma so there were a lot of interviews where i got rejected but i kept a network um some of those companies saw the hustle and they said okay well let's let's talk again if you're to have work experience uh some of the companies got interested in me because i was doing these side projects hmm. i mean straight out of college i still wanted to keep my brain stretched and write some code so I was hacking away at random APIs that I saw. I was actually building some apps with on top of Google platforms. And so teams at Google were in touch with me. I maintained those relationships over the years afterwards. All of it was to you know, get companies' attention to, to potentially get a job. Um, ultimately, the, the the job that I got uh, working on a product and platform at Box, uh, part of it was based on those side projects I had done with Google and other startups to show that I was very deeply immersed in the eyes. I wasn't just you know, doing, doing the degree. I was doing all these things that were relevant to uh, the initiatives at Fox. So it was really rough, but I learned how to hustle. I learned how to how to really network honestly to generate long-term relations. And I really learned the value of just always making yourself help, always making yourself uh, helpful. Uh, really, I do believe that Silicon Valley's base is built on karma. And I developed that sense in business school, which continued to fit very well out in, out in Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's really great to hear. Now, what before you even you know went into your MBA, what was your perception of um, you know what you think you might gain out of your MBA during those two years? Maybe working with people or you know studying the courses that you were studying. Like, what was your perception and what was reality like? <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's a good question. You know, I, the, the plan at the highest level was, you know, just get a better business sense, combine that with my engineering sense, and somehow that was going to help me to become a product manager and maybe in time start my own tech company. Uh, how exactly that was going to happen, you know, I wasn't entirely sure. But you know, I heard through the grapevine that you, know, you really wanted to have, have the marketing concentration, and strategy is probably going to be helpful in, in being a product manager. Uh, for product managers, you know, back then the field wasn't you know fully developed. Uh, you know, today there's there there you know there are programs or boot camps and helping product school uh, and supporting the product management community because there's so much information now. Started with product managers learning certain things, figuring out what product management really is, sharing that information. Now we have books on product management. Now we have uh, courses on specifically on product management. Um, when I was in business school, you know, there were a few classes about general business that could indirectly translate to product, but I couldn't really find much material anywhere on what really is product management. What I remembered were these two blog posts. 
from this guy Ken Norton at, uh, at Google, uh, who then like went on this hiatus until years later. People were begging him apparently to continue to write, and then he, he started again. But over time, more people were sharing what they knew. So when I hit the job and interned me an MBA as a PM, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, in part due to experience, in part because none of us really knew exactly what made a good yeah. We were all figuring it out uh, over time. Ten years later, Carnegie Mellon has a degree specifically focused on on product management. So you know they figured out how to evolve that as as, as product management became a more structured field. The universities, um, Carnegie Mellon at least, like really did a good job on restructuring things to to teach just the, the product management. Yeah, that 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 is really that is really good to hear. That Carnegie Mellon is actually doing something about it. But I completely agree with you. Uh, I started my MBA in 2010, and when I came to the UK, that's when I came to the UK. I did not even know what product management is all about. So I kind of stumbled my way into product management. Um, but th- there was absolutely nothing to connect the dots when I was doing my MBA and. That's why I'm very keen to dig into the product school at some point of time during this talk because what I did is after a few years of working as a product manager, I started going back to my university to teach MBA students what product management is about. I mean, I've held a few workshops and I still feel some universities are not doing a good enough job at even telling what product management is all about. It's there are a lot of students who are obviously gaining a lot of awareness now and that's why they ask, but... I think universities need to do a lot more. <laughs> it, it depends on the school. Uh, I think back then, since no one really knew what product was, you would just be taught, you know, indirectly how to do some business. And if you had the engineering degree, you'll <laughs> you'll figure it out. Uh, I did find that you know certain when I teach my students, that I've, you know, the PMs now come from a good mix of backgrounds. Um, I trained a history major once and an English major who came from customer service to become really good product managers. I also helped uh, engineers transition annual products. We have a mixture of engineers. We have some MBAs who said, you know, they got their engineering degree in their MBA, but it's been kind of hard to get a product job now. They want more focused training on uh, product management. Uh, I have seen, based on those backgrounds, different people have different challenges. We talked about a little bit earlier for engineers. They can get into this mindset of, this, I think, is a really good thing to build. I know from my own experience, this is what we need. Um, but very often, the right thing to build isn't what you think it's going to be. It isn't what you want it to be as you actually talk with the customers. Uh, a challenge that I've seen for, for MBAs, and it depends on what school they come from, it depends on their mm. personality. Uh, but some went for the MBA to be a product manager. If they went in for the wrong reasons, they, you know, they misinterpreted what a product manager is. Very often people say that the PM is a mini CEO, and it can be, but it can be very easily misinterpreted because, yeah, you are responsible for designing the right things for this product and kind of run it like a company, but people don't report into you. You have to know how to influence without having authority. Uh, and some people go in, some who go in for the MBA to be a product manager, they think it means that they get to say that they're these creative geniuses who just decide what should be built and should just tell people what to do. Uh, it's a common challenge I've seen among uh, certain MBAs who went in for the wrong reasons. The ones who go for the MBA saying, you know, I really want to build these things and I think I need a, I need a, a better business sense, uh, they do well. 
Uh, I mean, admittedly, when I went into product, I was making that mistake. More as a former engineer wanting to build certain things that I liked and having to really recalibrate into, like, one, customer empathy, two, communication, and how to really properly influence without authority. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, completely agreed. I mean, I'm like extremely passionate in this area. I'm, I'm sure if we start talking about product management, <laughs> we will end up talking about it for a long time. We can definitely connect um, and uh, offline and actually have a much further discussion. <laughs> so, I think my, my emphasis for MBAs is if you want to go the product route, understand company empathy, understand customer empathy, and understand how to be influential. Like, you're not, you don't want to be the, the, the negative stereotypes that we've given are from the MBAs to come in mm. and start being a bulldozer. So going into the MBA with the mindset of like, I want to understand the business side of things uh, so that I can do a better job of developing features, tools, and products that are going to be a better fit for the customer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've had a few people from product on this show. I think I think you've described it the best uh, in, in terms of uh, having the empathy and actually not being a bulldozer, which I think um, a lot of us have been guilty of being. <laughs> um, well, warning to those who are coming out to Silicon Valley. Like, Whenever I hear HR or you know executive coaches warning companies how to watch out for bulldozers, they usually say MBA. Sorry to say, they usually say Harvard MBA for some reason. But like the stereotype example of a bulldozer them is always the ones who come out with an MBA. Uh, so if you come out here with an MBA, you have to be aware of that stereotype and be ready to be a little self-deprecating so that you can prove that you're not that kind of MBA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So after your MBA, you started off at Box. Um, I think I think that was your first. Uh, Oh, no, I think it was M Spoke where you worked as a product manager for a brief period before they got acquired by LinkedIn. But I think Box is where you spend a considerable amount of time um, working platform slash product manager, I assume. And since then, you worked in various roles in product management. Um, yeah, wh- wh- what do you think? So now that you actually have actually fulfilled your, your wishes or your dream in terms of being a product manager and working in product, um, what have been some of your most memorable um, opportunities and roles? And yeah, where, where where are you going from here now? That's uh, that's a good question. I should clarify, by the way, uh, M Spoke was uh, the internship that I had in, mm-hmm. in business school. So Carnegie Mellon is traditionally a two-year program. Uh, the summer in between, don't you do an internship? So we interned at the startup in Pittsburgh that. Yeah, later got acquired by uh, LinkedIn, which was awesome. But uh, yeah, my first job was uh, was Box, mm. and you know what can I say from from that? You know, Box was a great experience in many ways. I got to you know join a company of around twenty people, stayed there for five years, helped the company grow to to around seven hundred. And you know, I had to be scrappy but also strategic. So I was on the ground at PM at the time. I was even writing code when necessary. I was unofficially a sales engineer. Um, there was a lot that I liked about Box, including you know just the impact of the product. You know, I got to build this developer platform, which uh, which was key to, to, to it was a key component to, to monetization for the company. As the company was transitioning into enterprise, they really needed a platform to bring in certain partner tools that if we didn't have those features to the partners, we weren't going to be able to sell or to provide custom solutions to our customers. 
So to really help Box grow and to see that what I was building and working with sales was really having an impact on our customers and helping them out day to day. Um, another thing that I like, and this is a nice thing about working at a growing company as you get experience and you can move into more strategic positions. Uh, you know, I got to watch, I was unofficially involved in sales engineering. I got to watch the sales engineering team grow. Um, I got to, you know, hire developer advocates and product managers. We got to grow our developer platform over time, bringing other product managers, looking more partnerships. So this thing that I started as it grew, we were creating jobs. And we were giving people the opportunity to become product managers who wouldn't have otherwise. So to really see that, to just see yourself helping other people with their career, I find that was the most rewarding thing. Um, so, you know, afterwards, I've seen companies grow and crash, grow and succeed, uh, grow and struggle a bit and figure out their cultural issues and continue to grow. It's, you know, that's what startups are like in, in Silicon Valley. Uh, you know, my top things I focus on are just one, do I think the company is genuinely creating value that they're helping people? Um, and two, if this company is growing, you know, now I have more experience on the strategy side. Do I have the opportunity to create jobs and to give people that opportunity and training to, to, to get, to, to get the careers that, to get you know, their, their dream careers? Yeah, yeah, great. So, so I'm 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 seeing the pattern of training as you mentioned a, a few times um, uh, in our conversation. So, is that where your passion lies? Is that your passion actually not just uh, learning and educating yourself, but actually learning and educating with almost a, a reason or almost a purpose to try and pay it forward or almost as a way of trying to you know spread the knowledge and awareness i'm trying to understand if if that's one of your central um, characteristics when you actually do educate yourself so something that we do find in silicon valley and there are a lot of psychologists who explain this now uh the better founders I know the more successful founders, company founders and executives I know, and the more successful VC partners I know, the top VC partners, if you look at people like Reed Hoff, they're very giving people. Mm. Uh, the people I know at Greylock, uh, some at Sequoia, they allocate a lot of their time. Uh, they're very busy people, yet they're allocating a lot of their time to helping other people for free. They help startup founders whom they haven't invested. Um, and it is out of a mindset of, you know, they do want to help you. This is where karma comes in. There are all these studies on type A personalities. I'm not going to cite them here, but uh, many have determined, you know, there are different kinds of type A's. There are the ego-driven type A's. They're less healthy in the population. These are ones who are hyper-competitive. They don't like working with other type A's either because you see it's competition. And there are those who are just, you know, they're nerds. They like building things. They want to see things happen. And if they see someone else who's driven and, you know, driven but ethical, you know, they do whatever they can to help those people out. Um, the most successful people I know do it. And some of it is that, yes, when you are teaching other people, it does help you to actually learn yourself. Um, most of it is just people go in with that mindset of you just want to help other people. But you find when you're doing it that karma happens. It's not necessarily that these people are going to help you out directly in the future, but they're going to do well. That's going to help the whole market. And one way or another, it, it comes back. Uh, if you want your one side story, uh, when back in business school, you know, I had to I got, had to do so many interviews. I got so many rejections. Uh, one of them was uh, Mozilla. 
I loved the company. I loved the philosophy of the company. I had an interview there. Uh, it turned out to be a very close call. I found out later it was a pretty close call, but I did get rejected due to primarily concern around my work experience. And I noticed it in the interview. But I had a great experience learning about Mozilla while I was there and about their volunteer team. Hmm. So after the rejection, I let them know, even though you know I'm not going to get to go there full time, I learned a lot about the volunteer group and I wanted to actually volunteer for uh, and I got heavily involved in grad school and while at Fox in the Mozilla community. Uh, so uh, at one point, actually, a few months later, Mozilla did want to actually talk to me again about joining the company. Um, and they saw that I may have been open to it, but I really was genuinely just volunteering for that. Uh, what came of it unintentionally is that, you know, the recruiters who were actually involved in that whole time when they saw that Ms. Little really wanted to bring me in because they saw my volunteer work, uh, they went to VC firms. So uh, through my volunteer work, I ended up getting connected to talent partners at VC firms. So uh, when I'm looking for work, uh, I have a very good network, and that just came out of helping people just for the purpose just for the sake of, of helping people. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really insightful. Uh, that's really interesting. Good, good perspective. I should try it out. <laughs> um, great. So, so after Box, you moved um, uh, as, a, as a head of product uh, at Edmodo. And from there, you moved to TradeShift. And you've actually done a bunch of things since then. But none of them have been as long as you were in Box. Um, is it because you actually uh, think you're at that point of the time in your career where you actually want to move across quickly across different uh, areas of uh, industry and try different things? Or, or do you have like a bigger aim that you're going for? <laughs> you know, when I was at, when I joined Box, uh, the average tenure in Silicon Valley was two years, <laughs> which I thought was really short. I didn't want to do anything like that. Um, it, some people are going to make sense. After two years, if you're not learning anything new, you should probably transition somewhere else unless the company is growing and positions changing. And that's what happened to me at Box. At times, it was a sales engineer. At times, it was a developer advocate. At times, it was building out a team. Uh, so it really made sense to stick around. And I could have stuck around longer. I almost did. Uh, what really happened since, uh, it wasn't my plan to, to stay, do short stints anymore. Whenever I join a company, I'm, I'm looking to be there long term. Uh, what I can say, you know, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, startups grow and crash. You know, they all have their, 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 their reasons. You know, there's one company that was doing really well, um, but ended up in a very long feature freeze. So much, much of product left. Hmm. And, uh, where I've been actually quite consistently, I tend to, my, my average tenure is actually long for those companies where, where I've been sometimes, um, or at least in the, in the teams that I've been. So I, I've been bothered that I haven't really been anywhere for a long time since Box. I found that my tenure is apparently still really good for product hires at startups in Silicon Valley. The average tenure has gone from what I've been seeing below, far below two years for product hires at startups. Uh, I think it's unhealthy. I, I discourage it. And one of the reasons why I even went into consulting was because I could, I started turning down offers from companies where I anticipated, not necessarily they were doing anything wrong, but I anticipated there was going to be turnover in product. And sure enough, everyone who interviewed me um, six months later was somewhere else. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's Silicon Valley. Uh, <laughs> I the, the, the tenure has declined over the last few years to what my opinion is is 
not a good thing. Um, my advice to most people is pick a company, pick a vision that you think you can support for a long time. Uh, if you're joining a startup, odds are you're not going to be there for, for 10 years. Um, if you can, great. Uh, if you can't, it's it's okay. But um, definitely don't like, I, I don't want to encourage what's going on in Silicon Valley. And I would say only join a company that you want to work for for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely agreed. So you've built up a lot of experience over the years. You're also advisor at a lot of companies now. I have to ask you, when are you starting something of your own? I'm pretty sure it must have crossed <laughs> your mind several times. <laughs> uh, it's it's crossed my mind many times. Uh, I did actually start something while in grad school, and it just didn't pan out. You know, it was it was a bunch of students, good people, but you know, different people. We we had we had different priorities, different circumstances. So when I came out to Silicon Valley and joined Box, my thoughts were, let me just get out here, work at one work at one company doing product and build up a network of good people and then start a company. Uh, what ended up happening when I was leaving Box, I considered starting a company, but um, I was in touch with these VCs. They were sending me their portfolio companies and I had this great offer from a company that at the time really was getting a lot of attention, EdTech, Education Technology, was a big thing in 2012, 2013. So basically, I at that time, a great opportunity came up to have this, you know, head of platform position. So I figured take that rather than uh, start a company. Um, but uh, and there's been a lot of that since. Much of my advising has come from two things, by the way. Some of it is that karma thing. I started mentoring the startup accelerators, and mentoring is really just volunteering, just helping out other startups. Um, and my philosophy there, my consulting also is kind of a premium thing. I let companies pick my brain for free for a bit, but if we think I can help them out long term, we talk advising. Uh, sometimes it's a company where we're even talking about being a co-founder, but either as I looked at the opportunity or evaluated the team, I'm not really sure. Uh, so a lot of it is just you have, you have to find the right team. There are a lot of people I know who are good, and sometimes like they were about to start something, but the timing wasn't right for me. I have to have already started another company. I wasn't going to in three months. Um, sometimes I meet someone new, I think they're good at helping them out a bit and I just become an advisor. Mm. Uh, but what I can't say is it's something I'm always thinking about. And right now, even something might be happening with, uh, with a really good, good group of people I just found. Nice. Nice. So if, if you do start something, I guess it might be in the area of developer communities or APIs or something to do with B2B, I guess. <laughs> Uh, definitely B two B. You know, one weird thing about me: while well, I am very much into APIs, mm. uh, nothing against platform only companies, but I tend to actually work for companies with a core customer facing product and then a complementary platform. Uh, so, if I were to start a company, you know, I I advise a lot of developer facing startups, uh, but at the same time, I'm actually thinking more of like a B two B company that you know may at some point have a platform play. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I know we are a little bit over time. Uh, how much time do you have? I, I, I know you. I said we might finish early, but it's been going fantastic. <laughs> I, got, uh, I have a few more minutes if you want. Okay, good. Uh, there's one question which I do ask everyone. I'm going to ask you the same. What is the one question you wish I had asked you? Ah, uh, yes, that's that's a good question. Um. 
I think we could ask just, you know, is there anything that you, that you know now that you, you know, you wish you had known that? Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we did allude to, to some of this already, but, you know, that is the challenge of going into to business school uh, with, with less work experience. So you have a little bit less uh, industry knowledge. And, you know, there are many advantages today. Um, and, you know, and if you have the work experience, but also there's more to understand about what is product management. Uh, that can help if you choose to go for an MBA to help yourself get into product management. Um, but looking back at my career, I think you know, the biggest help, uh, you know, I figured out that karma is, is helpful and just you know, try to make yourself helpful. That's a great way to build a network. Uh, it's not for the purpose of building a network, but the network just, just happens. Uh, but I really do say, you know, look at look at growth mindset. There's been a lot out here that, you know, when I was in college, people were thinking you know, some are, are more natural. Some people are just more naturally intelligent than others. And it's really not not the case. It's really a matter of how do you how do you perceive the world? How how do you learn? How do you want to learn? And intelligence, I find, is really just it's about drive, about grit. A willingness to learn and learning how to learn how to work smarter and how to learn smarter, figuring out how to learn faster. Um, online education, content online makes it so much easier to just absorb information now. That's one of the reasons why I am able to, to learn so much more now than, than I ever have. So I'm, I, I never stopped my education with, with my MBA. There was a brief period of time when I thought I could. But the reality is that uh, the career's People who grow their careers are just learning how to learn faster, and that's that's how things are in, in industry today, especially in technology. You know, the the we have a half life out here where technologies can get uh, disrupted very easily, and the only way to keep up is to be able to, to learn faster. Uh, and that's where that's where growth mindset comes in. It also comes to really learning how to be self-critical, drop your ego. If something goes wrong. Really, you 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 will feel better about yourself if you're taking the time to really think things over. Um, there was a great video I saw recently, a very short one from the founder of Alibaba, who was uh, telling the story about all these companies that rejected, including I think like KFC, mm -hmm. uh, and how like there were like two dozen other people who were applying to to to, to position there. And they actually all got jobs. He was the only one who got rejected. Uh, but his story wasn't a story of, oh, you know, look at what happened to all those, you know, losers who rejected me. It's all success is about, you know, when things are going wrong, you know, do you get frustrated at everything around you? Or do you take that time to think, what am I doing? What can I do different? Uh, Tactically, even for those for for those who are interviewing, you're going to get a lot of rejections if you're applying for product management right now. And just see it as a networking opportunity. Recruiters watch this. Every once in a while, a recruiter is going to be willing to give you feedback when you get rejected. And what I learned from that, when they give me the feedback, they are amazed at the way I respond, at how I'm just absorbing the information. I'm just so grateful that they're willing to share it. Uh, and they make note of it because they basically, they tell me that usually there's a little bit of defensiveness. They don't just take it in and be like, wow, this is just so helpful to know that I was doing this. 
Um, and I can completely understand why I got rejected under the circumstances. If they see that that is your reaction, they will see that you have the right mindset and they're going to take note of that. We're literally seeing product management, um, uh, product management job descriptions now having less of a requirement on MBAs. And again, it's still very helpful to have the MBA. It's not necessary if you want to be a PM, but it is helpful. But we do see more and more growth mindsets, uh, literally in the job descriptions. They want to see if you're the kind of person when things go wrong, how you react, and are you learning to learn faster? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, we, we've touched upon so many things, Jeremy. This has been amazing. Um, I, I wish we had a lot more time. I, I would have touched upon a lot more, but as as always, um, we do need to end. It, it actually, if you have two minutes, I have one really funny story about my uh, transition from uh, the MBA into the job as as someone who is who is less experienced. I think I think you can tell in like ninety seconds. <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. I have all the time. Yeah, go for it. So you know, as I mentioned before, having the MBA without work experience made it really difficult to actually get uh, get that first job. And you know, I got a lot of rejections, but I built up a network. Uh, finally, I was able to get that position at Box, which actually was a dream job for me because of what they were doing with their developer platforms. Um, but to many, when they were looking at my situation, like it, it, it was it was rough what I had to do. But but I, I emphasize to people, just be, be scrappy, be gritty. Uh, basically, they it was a startup, so they were paying more in equity, and they also wanted me to just start immediately. So I actually was consulting for Vox in my last semester of grad school. Uh, I graduated. I went right after graduation from basically Pittsburgh to San Francisco. I think I flew out there on my birthday and just got myself over there fast to start work full-time right after Memorial Day weekend. Uh, all the while, um, my friends from, from business school, all more experienced, they had gotten jobs in, uh, in, you know, at Lehman Brothers and financial firms, and they were all getting their, you know, starting bonuses and taking their summers off. So it was painful to watch, <laughs> uh, realizing that I'm like going to relatively lower pay, starting like working my butt off right away. Um, but, you know, what transpired out of that? Like, I was able to get this great career. It took a lot of work, a lot of effort. Box turned out great. Uh, ironically, and I do feel, I feel really bad for, for my friends in grad school who were going the investment banking route because I mean, somewhat funny story, but what, what happened was, yeah, I was working my butt off that summer. My friends took their summer off and then they were going to go to Lehman Brothers in, you know, October, 2008. So suddenly they were, they were looking for work. What, what, I, what I want to encourage from, from this story is, you know, you can have your ups and downs in Silicon Valley. And the ones who win out, they have grit and they continue to just stay self-critical, be willing to learn. Don't get jealous about what's going on around you. Just stay focused on what you can do to be better and to, and to contribute more. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic advice. Uh, Jeremy, this has been fantastic. This has been beyond um, uh, my expectation. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's gone really well. Um, this is the last point. How do people know more about you? How can they get in touch with you? And and since you teach at the product school, is there anything online that they can actually go and see some of your teachings? So um, product school is an on-site boot camp. Uh, we've always been discussing, you know, what kind of content can we share? I have also given some talks and they do 
have these uh, regular talks Wednesdays and Thursdays, so people in San Francisco can, can meet for the San Francisco events or can view them online. Um, Prior School does host things in other places. If people want to get in touch with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. There is um, apistrategist.com. Um, I do have some other, I've had some other interviews that are you know, around product in general, platform in general that, that people can find. But for those who just want to get in touch with me, there's, there's LinkedIn and API Strategist. Perfect. Great, Jeremy. Thanks a lot for your time today. Uh, have, a, have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Have a good, uh, have a good evening over there. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the MBA Jam. Now it's time for you to take action. Head over to the MBAJam.com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources.